At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm Danielle Alvari. Let's get you going on the local Los Angeles odds. Wait, before we do that, let me tell you what's going on in the show. First, we are going to have on the lovely, the amazing Will Hill, host of the New York CityCast, because. The Dodgers are at the Mets this week. Maybe you caught the game on Tuesday. We're going to talk about Wednesday, Thursday, and beyond because, yes, this could be a preview of what we'll see in playoffs. And then, of course, speaking of playoffs, we'll get into the WNBA semifinals. Game twos going on on Wednesday. We have the Aces and the Storm and then, of course, the Sun in the Sky. And we'll have Calvin Wetzel here from Spread the Floor. He does great work with Sportsline as well, all to get his thoughts on the long list of props that I've been looking at because the sides are so hard. The sides are so hard to bet in this game, but we'll talk about it more later on. Before that, let's look at the local Los Angeles lines. The Bills are at the Rams for their first game and the Bills are favored minus two and a half. So you're getting two and a half points with the Rams total for this one at 52. And then as for the Chargers, they're going to be facing a very tough divisional opponent to open up the season against the Raiders hosting them and the Chargers laying three and a half total for this one 52 and you can get the Chargers on the money line at minus 177 I wonder what would happen if you paired up Rams and Chargers to win on the money line not going to be a great bang for your buck but if you like LA sports and you like both those teams that'd be a way to look at it we'll also look at some WNBA lines here since we are going to be talking about the semifinals going on on Wednesday evening so the Sun are at the sky for game two the Sun stole game one with a very low scoring gritty defensive performance 
They are getting four and a half points in game two. The sky trying not to fall down two games here. Total for this one, 163 and a half at Bet Rivers. And then the Storm are at the Aces for game two again. And the Storm stole a game at home from the Aces as well on game one. So also kept it pretty low scoring as far as the Aces were concerned for sure. I think that was the third time ever that they've been held under 75 points this season and uh, as you can imagine that's very hard to imagine it's very hard to imagine with an aces team that's as offensive minded as they are but the storm are getting six points they were five and a half point dogs closing line on sunday in game one and they're still getting six points after being up the first game here total 169 so you can find all those odds and more of course there's college football to look at as well ucla and usc getting into action this week as well so we'll talk about that on friday's show but before we do, you can kick off college football with Bet Rivers Online. Sportsbook just join Bet Rivers every Saturday of the college football season for a 20% parlay profit boost of at least three legs. With new promotions and props every day, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. It's a whole new game. At least three legs on that parlay get a 20% profit boost. Interesting. I would play it three then. I would play three legs. That's how I would play it. And with that, let's listen in on my conversation with the lovely. Host of the New York City cast, Will Hill. It's Danielle Alvari, finally back with Will Hill for a crossover. We haven't done a crossover since last football season. Question: Did we even do any crossovers for any NBA? I don't remember. We definitely did once uh, a few for NBA. We did some March Madness, maybe yeah. oh, early yeah, in the summer. Yeah, yeah. We did it. I think right around early in the baseball season. So uh, it's been a minute, as the kids say. What's going on? Uh, lots is going on, at least in the world of baseball. And also, are you prepping for football as well? How are you juggling everything? I like to ask all the handicappers at this time of year. It's hard. It's hard, especially once college football popped up its head on Saturday because getting ready for the NFL, baseball's every day. Then you throw in college football and trying to learn all these other teams. I mean, there's only so much time of the day, so it's uh, it's definitely a lot. Which, what are you focusing on the most? Because for me, like, I know that I'm not the strongest baseball better all the time. And also, it's just not the most profitable returns for me. So I, I've spent less time on baseball than other areas. Like, I'm looking more at Pac-12 football right now. And, of course, Dodgers and Rams. But where are you putting most of your focus right now? Still stick with baseball. Baseball's yeah. been good to me. So I'm going to try to try to stick with baseball. I dip my toe outside uh, the water a little bit with college football last Saturday. Mixed results. So better off just sticking to baseball. I think I have a pretty good feel for it right You did now. week zero? Course. <laughs> of course of course a true better a true better northwest northwestern nebraska and ireland you gotta gotta have it and then all the way to vandy hawaii at night it's fun it's, it's fun to have it back it's just it's a lot trying to learn all these teams all these players it's uh definitely a lot and then nfl a week or so away so we are in full swing here I'm going to ask you before we start talking about the Dodgers and the Mets, which we will get to, uh, what you think about UCLA and USC. Are you as high on USC as the as the uh, public is? I won't say the market is. And are you where are you at with UCLA? Um, sounds like UCLA is not there yet. I know Riley mm -hmm. will probably get the players at some point. I think he's a little overrated when you look at what he did at Oklahoma. I know he can move the ball. He gets all these guys into the pros, number one pick, Heisman's, all this. Yeah. His teams never stop anybody, though. So he's... he's Oklahoma teams were never competitive once they got in the playoffs. He's a good coach. He's a good recruiter. He's a little overrated. Maybe now being at USC with NIL, he can attract enough defensive talent to win. I don't think it'll be this year. Uh, UCLA, I don't have a great feel for that. I mean, that quarterback seems like he's been in college since like <laughs> you were in eighth grade. I mean, you, you must have been to school. He's been there forever. DTR. DTR. He's I know. There, he's, I mean, he's like a 13th year senior. It's amazing. Some of these kids stay in college forever, but... <laughs> Should have a pretty good offense. I don't know about their defense. 
sounds like Chip Kelly was on the hot seat last year, had a yeah. nice rally at the end of the season to get a contract extension. I'm not sure that he's the guy they thought he was. He's not the guy at Oregon that innovated offense. Everyone seems mm -hmm. to catch up to what he's done, but they should be pretty good. Nothing spectacular, I don't think. Eight wins, something like that. I think their number's right And you still get on par. eight at you, at Bet Rivers, by the way. They still have an eight up. So if you want to if you want to bet they're over, I would, or even they're under, I would look at the actual solid eight instead of eight and a half. And it's funny because What's I think- What's your lean there? I think I lean over and it's tough because obviously you have to just balance your fandom a little bit, but I feel like UCLA fans are really low on UCLA from years past and even especially on Chip Kelly, obviously, all of a sudden he has an eight and four season last year and we're just supposed to kind of think, oh, now things are clicking in the right direction when that was kind of an underperformance of what was expected of them last season based on their roster. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that they can put something together this year. They have a new defensive coordinator that's been hampering them, hamstringing them year after year. So Azanaro's gone at least, but we don't know what McGovern defense is necessarily going to look like um so it'll be really interesting i think that we could unfortunately see a little bit more overs again with these ucla games because i think that the defense could still be an issue i hope that's not true and for usc as well i think that the way to look is going to be a lot of high scoring games to your point because they did a lot of fun recruiting in the offensive side but not so much defensive i thought it was interesting at bet rivers they had uh the win total for ucla set at eight still so if you like the over you could look there and also they had conference wins which i think was four and a half so that was interesting to look at as well. So maybe there's something there, but I, I just don't like betting futures. I don't like tying my money up all season. I'm just not a baller like you. Um, so with that, let's talk about baseball, the Dodgers at the Mets. So they already faced each other, what, four times leading up to this series. They split them two and two. Uh, and the Dodgers have been rolling, especially their offense lately. They scored eight or more runs in three of their last five games. What do you think we're going to see in this series? Should be a lot of fun. It's a great matchup. You get the pitching of the Mets versus the hitting of the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. DeGrom against that great lineup. My only goal for this series is we see it again in October in the NLCS <laughs> where these teams can play for a right to go to the World Series because I think it's the two best teams in the National League. The Braves are right there. The Braves are really damn good. But it should be a lot of fun. I would think as long as the Mets don't get swept here, as long as the Mets get one, winning two is a bonus. Because the Mets' schedule after this series is very easy, very favorable. So should be a fun series. Should be a great atmosphere at City Field uh, with DeGrom going against the Dodgers. You expect every time DeGrom pitches, you expect him to win. And then we'll see how Bassett does. So uh, should be a lot of fun. I, I just hope somehow these teams meet again in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like it's set up to be that way right now. Where are you at with the National League odds? I'm seeing Dodgers plus 155 and the Mets plus 235 to win the National League. Nothing there for me. The, the yeah. numbers are just too short. You missed your opportunity. The Mets were at good numbers. The Dodgers, uh, I'm sure, had better numbers. The Dodgers just never seemed to lose baseball games, 89-38. Just the ones I bet this on. series, just yeah. incredible. I mean, they are just a machine. I don't know how great they match up for the playoffs. I don't love their pitching. Mm -hmm. Gonsolin's now hurt. I think May coming back is a big uh, bonus for them, a big boost. I don't trust Jansen at the end. I'm sorry, uh, Kimbrell at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's a great regular season team. I don't know how much this is going to translate into the postseason. And we've seen them. Look, they've been the best team in baseball for like a decade straight. Mm -hmm. They only have one title to show for it. And it was I'm in a saying. short season. So it's it's no guarantee that you, just because you have the best team in the regular season means you win it all. Usually it's not the case. It's a testament to how hard it is actually to win the World Series because the Dodgers sure. year in and year out have the talent. They've built the farm system, all of that. Uh, outside of the odds, do you think that it's the Dodgers to lose at this point for the National League title, or do you think that it's a toss-up? 
The Dodgers would probably have to play the Braves in that division series, and the Mets mm -hmm. could probably play the Cardinals, Phillies, something like that. I think the Mets have an easier path, mm. and I just like the Mets pitching point. better with DeGrom, with Scherzer, with Diaz at the end of the game. I would pick the Mets. I wouldn't feel confident about it. I would give a slight edge to the Mets. I just think the Mets have a little karma here. You can never feel great picking against the Dodgers, but I would go with the Mets. <laughs> when you're looking at playoff baseball, are you are you looking closer at pitching as opposed to offense? Yeah, I think pitching wins. I think it's hard to win with a, a good, not great rotation. The, the Dodgers get a lot out of these guys, the Tyler Andersons, the Heaney's, but they don't have that dominant pitching. Obviously, Bueller's hurt. Kershaw's hurt. They got nothing out of Trevor Bauer. They got uh, let Max Scherzer walk in free agency. So I don't love their starting pitching. Yeah, and they've been running Julio into the ground, unfortunately. Yes. So hopefully that he'll be able to get some kind of reprieve until then. Uh, as far as Wednesday's matchup, that one's starting at 4.10 p.m. Pacific time, 7.10 Eastern. Tyler Anderson on the mound versus Jacob deGrom. Man, I see, I love Tyler Anderson this year. He just pitched on Friday, five and a third innings, struck out four. He's got a 2.69 ERA. His whip's 1.02, but he's only striking out like less than 20% of the batters that he's facing. So I wouldn't necessarily look at a strikeout prop here. But then you look at Jacob deGrom, and it's just the complete opposite. He's got 23 strikeouts for every walk. What do you think we'll see? I think we'll see DeGrom dominate. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's right just, there. he's so good. He's the best pitcher on the planet. He's really he's one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. I always thought prime Pedro Martinez was the best pitcher I've ever seen. DeGrom is right there. He's just so, it looks so effortless. And you look at the radar gun, it's 100, it's 101. The breaking stuff is nasty. Uh, I would expect the Mets to win with DeGrom on the mound. Uh, are you worried at all about just, I guess I'll use the term, they've, they've been cooling off a little bit on at least the offensive side of the ball as of late? Yeah, they're not a great offensive team. They put the ball in play. They have Alonzo and Lindor in the middle of the lineup, you know, Marte and McNeil. They have a good offense. It's not a great offense. They're susceptible to good pitching just like everyone else is. So, I mean, that's always the concern when you pitch when, when you throw DeGrom out there that he's going to lose the game one nothing or 2-1. to one. So, look, no, no team is perfect. If they had the Dodgers lineup, we wouldn't even be talking. They would win the World Series, but that's why uh, that's why it's fun to watch. The Dodgers have the great lineup. The Mets have the great pitching. It's, uh, it's pretty much it's a fair fight, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, I'm seeing that kind of reflected in the market. I'm seeing Mets at minus 135, Dodgers at plus 115 on the money line, which is crazy because you never get really either of these teams, but especially the Dodgers on that kind of money line. Is this a situation where you would look at a run line, or do you think it's going to be a really close game? Because all season long, the name of the game has been Dodgers run lines. Yeah, the Mets, I, I would still lean towards the Mets. I would stay away from mm -hmm. a run line, especially with DeGrom pitching. This will be yeah. a tight game. This will be a 3-2, 4-3 type of game. I, I, would, I would just go with the money line. I lean under this too, even though it's at seven and I'm seeing even at some books slightly juiced to the under already. Yeah, I wouldn't go over. I definitely mm -hmm. wouldn't go over. Yeah, I, I feel like we've been seeing a lot of unders actually in Mets games lately and maybe that's due to the offense, honestly. But um, even if we look ahead to Thursday's matchup, that one's in the afternoon, 1.10 p.m. Pacific time or 4.10 p.m. Eastern time. Chris Bassett versus who knows from L.A. That just screams possibly looking at an over. Yeah, and L.A.'s got some pitching issues now because they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Gonsolin's out now, integrating May back in. They mm -hmm. got, a, I mean, a 20-something game lead in the division, so they can take their time with these guys, give them extra extra rest. It seems like every day they call up a guy you never heard of. Grove pitched the other day, Pepio. They, they're mixing in some of these younger guys, but everyone they <laughs> yeah. seem to throw out there does pretty well. Yeah, that's a shout-out to the farm system for them with that. Uh, Absolutely. I just, it's it's tough because, like you said, the Dodgers are in and year in and year out. I mean, what is this going to be, 10th straight 
season of playoffs for them at this point, and it's still only one championship in a lot of that time. So it's just a really tough path, and I like that you pointed out that the Mets' path is a little bit easier. This will be a really great matchup. I think the Dodgers will actually get up for it, which they don't always do, especially against lesser teams. So should be really good. I'll be interested to see how the travel affects perhaps as well. Is there Are there any baseball futures that you're waiting out right now? No, I think the numbers, the market's just kind of dried up where it's – you know, the Mets, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, one of those five teams is going to win it. And, you know, the Braves at long odds make some sense. But remember, you're going to have to go through a fourth round of playoffs. You're going to have to play that best two out of three and then mm-hmm. the three rounds of the playoffs. So at plus 900, I think the Braves are at Bet Rivers now. To me, I would just need longer odds. So better off just playing it series by series, I think. Okay. Anything that you already have in pocket that you're looking forward to? I got the Mets before they had Scherzer. I think the Mets are at 20. I got the, the 20 to 1 to win it all. Ooh. So sitting on the. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Doesn't See, mean it'll win, but it's pretty good. That is pretty good. It's pretty doable. Do you do you like them to make it to the to the? Finals? I do think they'll make the World yeah. Series. Yeah. I do think they'll make the World Series, and I think there's a possibility Atlanta beats the Dodgers, then it's Mets Braves in the NLCS. I, I totally can see that happening, especially to your point about the Dodgers pitching staff just faltering a little bit right now. So it's it's going to be dicey heading into the end of the postseason here, uh, and I'm hoping that we can get back together when that happens. I would love nothing more. This was a lot of fun. We'll do it again soon. Okay, thanks, Will. Thanks again to Will Hill, the host of the New York CityCast. Does a great job with that pod. So if you're into any of those New York sports, that's where you can catch them. And it's always a good time to talk to Will. And speaking of good times, we have to start talking about the WNBA semifinals. We have two game twos going on on Wednesday. And yes, we brought in the expert, Calvin Wetzel, here from Spread the Floor, powered by Her Hoop Stats, to get the down low on what we should be looking for in game two. There's lots of props that I have questions on. We'll talk about it next on the Los Angeles CityCast, sponsors by BetRivers Sportsbook. Kick off football season with BetRivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, BetRivers is your go-to sportsbook for all football-related content. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, BetRivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with BetRivers. It's a whole new game. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRivers Sportsbook. Danielle Alvari back here with none other than Calvin Wetzel, first basket enthusiast better. You can find him on Sportsline and spread the floor via her hoop stats. Uh, Calvin, how's things been going since uh, Sunday? Uh, things are good. Like you said, I've been, I've been hitting all those first baskets. Um, that's my favorite bet, but obviously. Did you hit one on Sunday? Uh, yeah. Jewel Lloyd. (laughs) Nice. Oh, Jewel Lloyd, man. What what else can you say? I will be, uh, playing Jewel Lloyd again for, for game two. So. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what was the, what was the number at? Uh, for game two plus 650. I think that's where it was for game one as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, sounds about right. Usually you get yeah. at least five to one on the shorter shot ones. Yeah. I like Jewel. I've looked back too, and she does have a lot of their first baskets for whatever reason. Yeah. She is basically a bucket. <laughs> Shout out I spent to a lot uh, of time. Kia Stokes, by the way, for missing that first layup in that game so Jewel could get the first Shout basket. That, that was big. <laughs> that is the trouble is like you almost want to have one on each side. Is that how you bet it? Do you bet like one player from each team, or how do you approach it? Uh, So, I mean, I've told you I keep track of jump ball data so it depends like in the aces storm the jump ball is like pretty close to 50 50 uh mm-hmm. so i'll bet someone on each side the other series john quell should win like almost every jump ball uh <laughs> over candace she won the jump ball in game one so that series i'm only betting connecticut players 
At least you have data to back it up. I'll allow it. Usually first basket props, as you can see, can be very dicey, but luckily uh, you get a good return on them for most part. I've been looking at a lot of props, more so at the Storm and Aces game, but I've circled a couple, so we'll definitely get into those as well. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on those. But let's look at Storm Aces first, and I'd love to get your reactions on game one because I actually was not shocked by the outcome. What were your thoughts? Uh, well, I was not shocked by the storm winning uh i was kind of shocked by how low scoring it was uh, mm. in terms of the totals um i mean i definitely could have seen it going either way in terms of the result but the pace and the shot making were both so much lower than i expected uh and i mean i hit the over pretty hard and that didn't work out <laughs> at all so uh i don't really know what to expect in that regard for game two i'd be interested to hear where you're at with the total uh because part of me thinks that uh you know maybe this is what we're going to see for the whole series and then the other part of me thinks maybe there's a big bounce back coming a lot of regression and we see the total hit 180 in game two so i don't really know uh i i lean towards the latter i lean towards the over but I am interested to see what happens in game two in that regard. But I, yeah, results-wise, either way, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, no, and you were kind of the person who pointed out how the Storm had been kind of turning their leaf, if you will, uh, last week to me. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of interested in this. And didn't we talk about if there was a 170, that that might be too high? You said if they hang a 170. <laughs> I looked under, I went under on this, and luckily that worked out. Um, I'm going under again on game two, and I think it could bite me in the butt, obviously. But <laughs> I have under 169 and a half. I think that the Storm defense did an incredible job against the Aces. The Aces can't go down to zero at home. So I understand that. I was going to say logic, but it's not really logic. It's just a they can't, they have to win kind of situation. But they held Asia to eight points, which is unbelievable. If you really look at she's scored at least 20, I think, in every other game versus them this season. Um, and her points prop sitting at 19 and a half at Bet Rivers. So it's dicey because you're like, well, are they going to be able to do that to her again? Um, and also, to your, to your point about the total, the Aces were held to 73 points in this game. They were held to 75 or less only two other times this season. Uh, so third time all season and under 87 times this season. And in the times they were held under 80 points, they lost five of those seven. So I think the Storm have found a way to be really disruptive to this offense. Do you think that the Aces get back on track here? I don't know. I mean, in terms of a win, yes. Uh, the spread is the same as it was in game yeah. one. In terms of covering the spread, yeah. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I find it interesting, we talk about it in the other game too, that I think uh, the sports books are definitely factoring in some of that, like, backs against the wall, you lose game one, you can't go down 0-2 at home sort of right. bounce-back mentality because, uh, yeah. I mean, the lines are basically the same as they were in game one, uh, even though the underdogs won. And when you look at the where the lines open, like, so in game one, this one closed at aces favored by five and a half. It opened for game two at Aces favored by six and a half, and now it's back at five and a half. But it like they literally made the Aces favored by more after the Aces lost in game mm -hmm. one, which tells me that they think the Aces will have more of a motivation, which may be true. Um, mm -hmm. So it'd be hard for me to seeing, see the Aces going down 0-2, but I mean, five and a half still is enough points that, I mean, both of these series are so tight that... If you're getting four and a half, five and a half, six points, if you get a down to the wire finish, that team is going to cover. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what the Aces' answer is for Jewel Lloyd. 
She was one of the few people making threes for Seattle. She went four of 10. She had 26 points. I'm looking at her props here. 17 and a half points is the number. I like this over. Her against the Aces this year, 26 points in the most recent game, 38. She had a game where she had one point, which was very out of character. And then 24 and 19. So four out of the five times she's played them, she's gone over this 17 and a half. Yeah, I love that. I actually, apologies to everyone uh, who's trying to bet this because I took 16 and a half when it opened. I have no idea why it opened at 16 and a half. That was yep. a mistake. Uh, and I, uh, they moved it, I guess, pretty quick. So I still yeah. like the over 17 and a half, though. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. And I like it anyway for all the reasons you said, but I like it even more if Gabby Williams doesn't play. Uh, she didn't right. play in game one. I think she's questionable for game two, so we'll see. But uh, in terms of the on-off numbers, um, Jewel gets even higher usage and more opportunities uh, when Gabby isn't on the court. So if Gabby's out, just even better for that prop. Yeah, I saw Brianna Stewart's points prop sitting at 22 and a half. I think that's about on for her. That's not one I want to look necessarily over. Uh, do you think that Asia is going to be on a little bit of a war path? I was surprised to see it as high as it is at 19 and a half on Bet Rivers. Again, her against... Uh, the Seattle this year, eight points most recently, 25, 29, 17, and 20. So usually she's getting in that 20-point range, but they did such an excellent job against her. Do you think that that gets corrected? Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit scared to take Asia Wilson overs <laughs> until Dierka Hamby comes back, uh, I think. Okay, good uh, point. Both in terms of on-off numbers and then actually just like watching the film too, like with Kia Stokes or whoever else out there, um, who just isn't the same shooting threat as Dierka Hamby, they're so mm -hmm. much more willing to sag off of her and double Asia or crowd her in the paint, it just makes life hard. And if you look at Asia's, I mean, even before this game, if you look at her against the Mercury, obviously that's two blowouts, so green of salt, but she didn't score more than 17 in either game mm -hmm. in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, she had a really, I think she was two for 11 in game one of that game as well. So uh, to me, I mean, if I had to choose, I'd lead towards the under, but I'm probably going to stay away. When Derrica Hamby comes back, though, if she does, uh, that first game, I'll definitely be hammering the Asia Wilson over because I think there'll be a, a, a overcorrection on the book's part. Possibly even we get down to 18 and a half by that point, I hope. I would love to take the over at that point. Uh, this is exactly what I was looking up now is, are we going to see Derrica Hamby back? Uh, she's dealing with a right knee bone contusion. She's been doing shooting drills in practice. This is from Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Becky Hammond said she wasn't expecting her back for game two on Wednesday. So we'll see if it changes. So maybe back in this series. And it just goes back to what we've been saying since the start of the season with the Aces is they just didn't have that depth. And if they're missing a player, a player, it's it's going to be a huge impact on them. So I wonder, what do, what do you think the chances are that the Aces do go down two games in this series out of the gate at home <laughs> oh not good not, <laughs> not good, good but better than they were okay. three days ago obviously yeah um, obviously. but I think I mean we saw what Chicago did in the first round after losing mm -hmm. game one they came out and obliterated New York I think yeah uh you know like I said I'd be nervous about the cup I don't think the aces are going to do that to the storm but we do see those teams come out um you know, after after a game one loss and have that extra motivation. I'm not sure if it really is enough to, like, move that spread, but mm -hmm. it, I, I think they should get the win. Any first half bets that you would be looking at here? Because I'm a little bit hesitant to look at, like you said, the full game spread, but I could see the Aces coming out with a vengeance in the first half. Yeah, I could definitely see that, or even the first quarter, potentially. Mm -hmm. Um Either either the Aces spread in the first quarter. What is it? It's probably like two, one and a half or two in the first uh, quarter. Do you have it there? 
Let me look it up for you. First quarter. Um, because two, if it's two, I mean, that's two, pretty, two and a half. yeah, okay. If you can get two, I mean, that's a pretty low line. Like, that's just a bucket. Uh, and that's. This I, is I, minus two is minus 124. Yeah, I don't mind that at all um, for mm -hmm. the aces coming out in the first quarter, coming out strong. And then I could see the storm sort of counterpunching in the second quarter. So I almost mm -hmm. lean first quarter more than first half maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see how they respond. Asia Wilson over her rebounds. What are your thoughts? It's set at it's ten and a half on Bat Rivers, but she's only had less than ten rebounds against this team against this year one time. Um, I like that over. I do. Yeah, I do. I uh, I didn't check what it is at Bat Rivers, but on Fanduel it's plus money on the over. I think plus one ten on the over. Shop which around. It would, yeah. If you uh, if is. If you get like minus one thirteen, minus one fourteen, whatever, I probably lean that way. But if you can get plus money, I think that's even better. I don't know if Bet mm -hmm. Rivers has that or if they will at some point, but um you just need a coin flip at that point. And you're right, Asia has rebounded really well against the storm. I think she had two games against them with fifteen plus, if I remember correctly, yes, which like well over ten. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a solid bet. Here's another one I really like. Jackie Young under her points prop. It's set at 16 and a half. She's only gone over that one out of the last five games that she's played, two out of the last 10. And here are her stats against the Seattle so far. 11 points, two, 15, 13. And then she had 19 back in May. So she's never gone over this since May against Seattle. Yeah, that's another one. One out of five against, I think the, the Storm do really try to take her away. Um, we saw mm -hmm. that in game one. She This bet cashed in game one. Uh, and they didn't move the line at all when it opened. I was surprised. So I think in game one, the line was 16 and a half as well. And uh, after she came out, you know, a little bit lower scoring because of the way they defended her, I thought maybe we would get like a 15 and a half, uh, but we didn't. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I would lean that way as well. I'm I'm loving all these props that you're coming at. I, th I feel I, like I'm I on the same page. I had so much free time. Yeah. How, how, how are you doing on playoff this. props, by the way? I saw you hit the Bonner one the other day. I have bet four, so I've not been going crazy, and I'm three and one. That's 75%. There you go. So and we will take it. Very small sample size. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, which better. <laughs> I, I made it a point to try to spend more time on props. It's time intensive. That's why I don't typically bet props i don't have like a model that i run i'm not cool like dano or you like you're obviously excellent at math and statistics i barely pat no i i mean i got like a b plus in my community college statistics class that's what we're working with here and I, I that was really just because of an attendance issue guys just to be clear but with that said uh it's just more time intensive to look at props but i made a point to since it was playoffs and we were going to have so few teams to be looking at I, that I thought this is where we could area for improvement, I guess. So let's see if it continues. But yeah, I love Jackie Young under her points. I circled Kelsey under her assist. Kelsey Plum, her assist at four and a half. Against Seattle this year, two assists, four, four, two, and seven. Her points props really high, 21 and a half. I would expect that they're expecting a lot of offense out of her. Yeah, no, I actually, I'm probably not going to play either of those numbers, but I would lean the over on her points and the under on her assists. Uh, mm -hmm. She's one who's been getting a lot more usage just scoring-wise with Dierica yeah. Hamby out. And I think if you look at the games, three regular season games and three playoff games without Dierica Hamby, I think uh, Kelsey Plum has gone over 21.5 in five of those six games. She had 20 in the last game. Before that, I think it was five straight, 22-plus. In the last game, she had... 
more volume than any of the other games. She took 23 shots yeah. and she was just ice cold. So she still got the looks. Uh, so I would lean that way. If I got a 20 and a half, I would definitely take the over four and a half. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure what it is. I don't have a great basketball. I, I don't have a great feel it. on the assist to be honest. Yeah, with you. <laughs> no, I don't either, which is why I'm not playing it because I, I feel like there's a reason for this, but her assists have just been down lately and I'm not, sure what it is she i don't think she's cleared this line too, yeah. in the playoffs uh this four and a half line um i mean she averaged over five in the regular season is that um, derica being out is that another factor yeah i mean it could be it's but chelsea grace her assists seem to be fine they seem to be rolling yeah. and we don't have that line uh if we get it on any book at some point i would take chelsea grace over um yeah because i think she's been dishing great so I'm not sure if they're, you, you know, I need to maybe watch some more film or something. Uh, yeah. uh, but it, like if they're using Chelsea Gray more out of uh, ball screens or as a passer and, and Kelsey Plum more at, off the ball at this point than they were a month ago, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure. But I would stay away from Kelsey Plum's assist probably because of that. Uh, but we'll see. I just, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just because the Seattle Storm's sudden surge in these last couple games, I'm nervous to do anything, but if you had to take a side, I would maybe take the points of Seattle because I, I like weirdly feel like they could they could beat them again. But I do think the Aces offense will bounce back in a big way. Um, those props we talked about again, I, I love Jackie Young under 16 and a half, Jewel over 17 and a half. Which of those do you like better? Uh, I would say Jewel. I would say yeah. Jewel. Yeah. But I love them both. I like them both. And yeah. speaking of offenses bouncing back and low scoring games, the other game one on Sunday that was shocking to me. That was shockingly low scoring. Yeah, both of these. So I was left after that day feeling like, I don't know what, I mean, I loved both of the overs. I was completely just way wrong on both. Like the, the yeah. pace was much lower than I was expecting. None of the four teams shot 27% or better from three. They all shot low to mid 20s okay. from three. That can't continue. There's no way all four teams shoot below 27% from three in the same day yes. again. But in terms of the pace, I don't know. I was looking at some numbers. So initially, like like when I put out my picks for sports line, like the as soon as the line comes out, which was like that night, I still mm -hmm. lean towards the overs in that article for both of these, um, just because I thought, you know, bounce back, like regression. But the last couple of days I've been looking at it more. I think the Sun team in the playoffs might be channeling like the 2021 grit and grind Connecticut Sun. Do you feel that way too? Yeah. Like, Kurt Miller feels that way. I'm going to read this quote from him from after the game. All right, he all said, right. there's a lot of free-flowing offenses of the four teams left, and we know who we are. We're blue-collar. We're going to be good around the basket. We're going to rebound. We're going to defend our tails off, but we have to make it messy. And that is peak 2021 Sun. It is. And I was looking at the numbers. So 2021, the Sun, their pace, possessions per 40 minutes was 77.6. In the playoffs this year, 77.5. Uh, defensive rating 2021 was 90.1 in the playoffs this year's 90.8. It's almost identical numbers, both defensively and pace-wise, in this year's playoffs. Obviously, only a four-game sample compared to the 2021 regular season. And both those numbers were a lot higher in the 2022 regular season. But part of me feels like maybe they flipped the switch when the playoffs started and went back to 2021 Sun, which I would never have dreamed of taking it over. I don't care what the number is, who they're playing. Yeah. 2021 Sun, never taken over. And so I'm very nervous about that over now. I'm almost like sort of changing my mind and leaning under. 
Well, you saw, too, the Sky try to push the pace, and it just didn't work out for them. It usually resulted in turnovers. And what was interesting to me more than anything was, first of all, we know the Sky swept them in the regular season, so the Sun were hungry for this one. And also, to your point, I'm glad I didn't touch the total because I think I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with it, but I definitely would not have predicted what had happened with the Sun returning to that really stalwart defense. The Sky shot 35%. They shot 50% or more in all four of the regular season games versus the Sun. Like, 50%. So this was a huge drop-off for them. The Sun shot 37%. You talk about the three-point shooting. Sun went 23%. Sky, 27% for 8 of 30. So, I th- well, what's really shocking, too, Alec quickly, 0 of 5, I believe. I think Kansas was like, Kansas was like 1 of 3. So the three-point shooting seems like it has to bounce back. More for the Sky than the Sun, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, in both games, I th- definitely think the three-point shooting is going to bounce back. So uh, we're not going to see unders like that crazy. But in term- I mean, this was so far under that we could get better shooting and still go under. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, like like you said, just the, the way that the sun are, like, I love that quote that you read from Kurt Miller. I think they said something on the broadcast, too, about how uh, mm-hmm. Kurt Miller told them that, that, like, before the game, he apologized that it wouldn't be a good game for TV or whatever. It wouldn't be pretty because they're just going to try to muck it up, which they did yeah, very they successfully. Did. Uh, and so I'm, I'm And scared. why would you switch it up? If yeah, you're Kurt, if, why would you switch it up for game two? If it's working, it's working. Uh, and I, so... I really need to see how game two plays out. And if it's another game like that, I might just start to ride the unders as long as I can uh, for the rest yeah. of the series because at, that seems that worked in 2021 all regular season for the Sun. And if that's who the Sun are right now, then yeah, right. And I'm, I've been trusting Kurt and the Sun all year, uh, and now they're <laughs> up 1-0, so why should I stop now? It's funny because last season I gave the Sun such a hard time about how they weren't able to keep up with teams that had a faster pace. And so they tried to address that this year. But then all season long, I was thinking, go back to your slow pace. I was thinking the whole time, like, go do what works for you. Do what works for you. Um, But just looking at this matchup, I mean, I looked back at all four of the regular season games, compared it to what we saw in playoffs and the three point shooting, obviously the field goal percentage for the sky. I think that all has to return a little bit. I mean, they did do I mean, Sun did a great job, like you said, of mucking it up for them. So maybe they can do that again. But I think the sky are going to be smarter here. I mean, obviously, Wade's going to figure something out offensively. The Sun outboarded the Sky by 11 in game one, but they beat them on the boards of every game in the regular season and still lost. The Sun forced turnovers. But they had less turnovers in every game of the regular season, too, and still lost. So, for me, the missing piece here was obviously the Sky offense. So, if the Sun can keep mucking it up the way they did, then I think that they can stay in this. I do think we're going to see another close game. So, to that point, I think if you can get four and a half, it would be interesting to look at the Sun. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like four and a half, too. I feel a lot better about that than the total. Although, the only thing that scares me is that bounce-back factor, like what the Sky did in game two of the last mm-hmm. series after they lost. Like, but this is not New York. If they come out, this is not the Liberty, right? Sky aren't going to win by 38, <laughs> but, I mean, they only need to win by five. So, if they come yeah. out with that attitude, like, that scares me. But that's not enough for me. Uh, I still like four and a half because, I mean, when you look at those numbers, you said, like, in the regular season, yeah, the Sky went four and oh. Three of those loss or three of those wins over the sun were by three points, by three points, and by four points. Mm-hmm. So they went four and zero, but they actually only covered right this four and a half line one time, right? And then yeah. again, they didn't cover it in game one. So the sun are four and one against this line against the sky this year, even though there's this narrative that the sky owned the sun, whatever, whatever. And like you said, that shooting from the sky in the regular season was incredible. And will it bounce back from game one? Probably, but it also was a little bit unsustainable in the regular season. I think the sky shot. 
34 point something percent. I don't have the number in front of me. Yeah. It's 34 point something percent from three uh, across the season. But against yeah. the Sun, they shot 42 percent, way better than their average. So that way was better. bound to come down too. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Sky were 4 0. They just got a lot. They benefited from some shooting variants in the four regular season games. So I definitely still lean Sun. I think the Sun are better team on a neutral court obviously the sky are home <laughs> and they have that that you know advantage the backs against the wall whatever you want to call it but i still think four and a half is a lot of points like we talked about last second shot last last second finish uh the sun cover yeah i love the point you, the point you just made about people thinking oh the sky owned the sun because they swept them but you have to look deeper and this sweep really was so close every time so I do disagree with you. I think the Sky are the better team. I actually think that. I think the Sun came in and confused the crap out of them on the first game. <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to be able to continue to do that through this series. Do you think we go to five games in this one? I do, yeah. Okay. I I, I think exciting. both of these go five. I mean, I was looking at future. Just to put this in perspective, how good this is right now. Just even, like, aside from betting. I mean, this is betting. But I was looking at futures odds today on DraftKings. It's... 225, 250, 275, 300. Like they're yeah, all nothing. so close. Like they're There's all, it's, play. it's basically 25% <laughs> chance for all four of these teams right now. It's just so good and so tightly matched. Uh, so I will be disappointed if we don't get five games just from as a viewer, you know, as a neutral fan um, in both of these series. Who do you think uh, goes to the finals at this point? Because I like Sky Storm as my matchup. Sky Storm. I, you know I have to stick with the sun. I've said it before. I'm Just riding the sun through. until they prove me wrong. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, and I still think I like the aces in this one. But yeah. that one, that one's pretty close to a coin flip for me. But I do think the aces are going to win a really close game too. Uh, and at that point, they'll definitely be favored to get in the series. So I think I would go sun aces. And aces to win? Sticking with the sun. <laughs> okay, he thinks the Sun are going to do it. Bless you. Bless you for thinking that. Let's if double back real quick. <laughs> Let's double back and look at props for the other game, too, because you know I looked at those as well. I didn't love these as much, mostly just because the Sun and the Sky distribute everything so well that it's hard to tell who's going to go off on one given game. At least for me, it is. John Quill Jones' points prop is at 15.5. I lean under here. Her against the sky this season, 12, 17, 11, 24, and 7. So all but one time she went over this 15 and a half. I, I lean under. Yeah, I lean under too. Although, like you said, it's so tough, especially uh, scoring-wise with these two teams because of how evenly they distribute. And you see sometimes John Quell goes for 20 and Bonner scores 8. And then the next game, Bonner yeah. scores 20 and John Quell doesn't do anything. And same, same deal with the sky with Candace or with Slute or with Copper. So, uh, I mean, scoring is tough. I... I probably mm -hmm. would look more at rebounding and, and assist props in these. But, yeah, I do lean under. I think the, the thing for John Quell is she hasn't played in the playoffs this year more than 26 minutes yet, which I'm not really sure I understand that. In the Dallas series, mm -hmm. you can kind of write it off like two of those games were blowouts and the other game yeah. she kind of had some foul trouble. But neither of those things were the case in game one of this series, and she still played, I think, 25 or 26 minutes. I like if I mean, if I were Kurt, I'm not going to question Kurt because, uh, like I said, I trust Kurt. But – I would probably play Junkwell over 30 minutes. I'm a little bit confused why she didn't. But I would. 
if if uh, I mean, if she's gonna play twenty five or twenty six minutes, I think you can look at her unders points wise and rebounding wise. Nine and a half too. It's I was nine and a half. Yeah. Leaning that way as well. If you told me she's gonna get thirty three minutes, I wouldn't touch the unders. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure she is based on what we've seen so far in the playoffs. That's such a great point. I didn't even realize that they were playing her less. But to your point about the rebounds too, I'd feel more comfortable if we had a ten and a half than a nine and a half. So I yeah. I feel like it's pretty tight. So I'm gonna stay away from that one. But Alyssa Thomas. Um, what do you think about the awards is what I'll open with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I do have some thoughts. I mean, I, I see everyone talking about like, uh, you know, AT was second in defense player of the year. And why yep. wasn't she on first team or whatever? And I like, that's obviously Make a fair point. Sense. And then people bring up like positions and well, she wasn't on first team only because of positions. And now, mm-hmm. now there's this debate, like, should, you know, the other awards went positionless should defensive player of the year also be positionless and just vote vote for the best five who cares uh i like that the other awards are positionless i actually do think that defense should have some sort of structure to the positions because defense like inherently is like bigs are just inherently more valuable in defense so Mm -hmm. like if you didn't have positional structures you would just end up with like the five best shot blocking centers or something some years which I don't love. I feel like you got to get a guard on there somewhere. But I do feel like the positions need to be maybe a little more flexible and a little more defined. Because, like, Alyssa Thomas, in some respects this year, was a guard, uh, especially, like, after Jasmine Thomas. Yeah, they were Thomas figuring out what to do. I mean, she, right, like, she's she is a positionless player, right? But, like, she played a lot of point guard on offense. Uh, and she can kind of guard anyone. So, I mean, to me, it doesn't necessarily, like, she should have been first team positions aside because it doesn't need to be like set you know you're only a center and you're only a forward you're only a guard but it just needs to be a team that sort of makes sense that you could put on a basketball court right in my opinion and to me like Alyssa Thomas like this take you could put her on a basketball court as you know with like two other bigs and that would be fine uh but you couldn't put like three true centers out there uh, you know that wouldn't work so I'm kind of in the middle on all that debate about the positionless stuff, but I do I like think... I like that point though. You made it you made it a very good point. <laughs> I, I think she deserved her first team. Yes, we, we I think we can all agree with that. It only makes sense if you're gonna finish second in defensive player of the year voting. Obviously <laughs> Asia get, getting that yeah. one this year. But uh looking at rebounds, as you mentioned, maybe the way to look in this game. Her rebound prop is set at seven and a half at Bet Rivers, but it is juiced to minus one fifty-two to the over. So that keeps me off it because that's just not interesting to me. But her against this team, 10, 8, 7, 5, 4, which I thought was interesting because that means she got more rebounds every time she played them. So I do like this to go over, but so does everybody else, apparently. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about her over in the last game, so I took her over 7.5. Our friend of the show, Dana Mattia, took under 8.5 mm-hmm. after it moved. Uh, she was sitting at 8, where which would have cashed for both of us, with, I kid you not, 10 seconds left. I don't know if you were no. watching the end. And then she got two, not one, two rebounds in the last 10 seconds of this game on, like, you know, meaningless shots or yep. free throws or whatever, uh, which I felt really bad for Dano. But it also skews the numbers. She really shouldn't have had 10 rebounds. She you guys had, had that special betting moment game. where you could have both cashed. We did. We were so close. And she had eight in the third quarter. Uh, yeah. And so it looked dead in the water. And then she went, like, nine minutes and 50 seconds without one. And we almost had it. Um, but... <laughs> So, I, yeah, the 10 is a little misleading. She basically had eight in that first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's helpful. I mean, I would take over seven and a half again if it were normal juice, but I'm not touching minus 150 like you. That's a lot of juice. Yeah. Uh, so I would 
stay away from that as well. Uh, depending on how much plus money we get on the under, if it starts to get to be too big of a plus number, I might start to look at that. Yeah, then we're all of a sudden we're talking value on the under. I completely agree with that. Uh, I didn't want to touch her assists over either, even though I like that a little bit better. It was at five and a half. It's at minus almost 160. So that's going to be a no for me on the over. Um, yeah, it's it's really tough with these two teams in particular to look at points props. Uh, Candace Parker went off huge last game. She's done really well against them points-wise, 19, 18, 25, 18, and the number's 14 and a half. But everybody else is on this one as well. <laughs> yeah, this is another one, like, logic tells me, like, I should take this because she scored what I think the lowest she scored mm -hmm. against this team all year is 18, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, but still, like, the, there's just a lot of juice on the 14 and a half. And at some point, yep. she's going to have one of those games where she scores 12 or 13 and still has, like, a triple-double and is who we're all talking about. But Copper is the one who goes off scoring-wise. Uh, and I, so, so, I don't know. Predict. I mean, again, regular juice, I'd probably take it, but I'm with you, minus 130, 140, whatever it is, that's too steep. Yeah, minus 115s maybe is what we're talking about yeah. here. Uh, to your point, too, my Dewana Bonner over 13.5 points. Did you see how I cashed that? Because she ended up with 15. It was oh. the final. Oh, final it was bucket. it was that layup at the end, right? Yeah. It was the final layup at the end, and I was sitting there like, Oh, jeez. Uh, by the way, Alyssa uh, Thomas got the assist on that layup. Now yep. that, and uh, <laughs> that was her seventh, and I had under six and a half. So, uh, Excellent. That, I mean, it I'm, giveth and it taketh I'm away. glad my loss was your gain if, if I had to lose. <laughs> it didn't have to be, man. It didn't have to be that way. Before no. we wrap it up, what are your thoughts on Clea Copper? Are we going to see more out of her? I think we have to. I think if the Sky are going to bounce back like they did in game two of last series uh we need a big game from her scoring wise because obviously the offensive yeah. end is where they need to bounce back and if if there's like we said they're really balanced but if they have a go-to it's her and so i think uh i think we need to see a big game from her uh i again i think we will but this is another one that i think is too juiced for me if you're talking about her points prop yeah I agree. I'm, 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 she's good. I'm waiting for her to be great. And we know she can be based on her literal MVP finals last year. So lots to get excited for. I'm, I'm glad that we're kind of on opposites of what we think we're going to see in the finals here because we'll see how it plays <laughs> out, um, obviously. But thank you so much to Calvin. You know we'll have him back on. We have more playoffs, thank goodness. Uh, but until then, thank you so much uh, for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Catch us again on Friday for more Los Angeles and WNBA action.